Welcome to the Chorus in the Chaos. My name is Blake Labry. I'm here with Grayson the Glorified Gilbert and Jack the Man Lee. These nicknames were not approved beforehand, by the way. Apparently I'm dead already. (laughs) (laughs) I've moved on beyond the intermediate state. (laughs) He's gone on before us. Uh, No, this is uh, episode three of the Courses in the Chaos podcast, and we've covered the church, uh, what the church does, how it functions, operates. We've, of course, talked about the importance of attending church. Uh, Now we would like to kind of transition into a subject that's uh, timely uh, because it's still going on. Uh, We're going to talk about COVID and the church. Uh, We have several uh, points that we want to discuss, talking about the impact of of COVID on Christians and in the church specifically. Uh, You know, we're from three different, completely different areas of the United States, uh, different kinds of churches. Uh, And so we're going to talk a little bit about you know, how our place has handled it, uh, what we've seen, and uh, should be really good and beneficial. So I'm excited, and I'm excited, of course, to have Grayson and, and Jack here as well. And actually, fun fact, this might be a HIPAA violation, um, but Jack has COVID right now. That's true. <laughs> That's true. <clears throat> so that he took true. one for the team just for this uh just for this podcast. So how are you feeling then, Jack? I feel pretty good. I'm on the, definitely on the back end of it. If, uh, if anyone skipped episode one and two, they wouldn't know this, but my voice is a little scratchy. So, um, but I feel okay. Mostly at this point, I think this is the second or third time I've had COVID. Right. So, right. Yeah. So yeah, I feel okay. You just live in a toxic, toxic wasteland, Jack. I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, you know what's bizarre? So I got it. My wife tested positive, but she was sick for like two hours. And my kids, and we didn't, at this point, we've all had it. We have five kids. Like, tr- we've learned, and this is a, a choice we've made. When kids are sick, all it does is, like, spread it out. So if I, like, tried to, right. to quarantine, go out of my way to quarantine... Inevitably, what would happen is you have six I weeks have of it, COVID. Yeah, right, it right. would be like Pretty six much, to eight yeah. weeks of COVID as opposed to, you know, two to three weeks. So we, we're not, you know, if it was something really serious and we, had, you know, the first time we had it, we were a little more careful. But given that everyone had some antibodies or whatever, we were just like, all right, well, let's just go with it. And they, none of them tested positive. We tested them for days. None of the kids tested positive. Right, so. right. Are we supposed to what say at some point that we're not offering medical advice in this podcast? Probably. Yeah, probably. All right. Yeah. Don't sue us. Yeah. If you're going to sue somebody, sue <laughs> <Yeah>. Jack. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Don't sue me. I have COVID. That's like a double win. That's like a double, yeah, double win. <laughs> poor, poor man. <laughs> anyway. Uh, all right. To kick us off, uh, we kind of divided this up into a uh, pros and cons. Like, what were some of the bad things that happened uh, in the church as it related to COVID? And then what were some of the positive things uh, that we saw kind of coming out the other side? It would depend on where you live in the United States. Uh, I think Florida's been over COVID for like two and a half years now. Um, so it's, it, but uh, where I live in Oregon, it's still very, uh, people are still very hyped about it. Um, and then I don't know what it's like for you guys. Uh, but it's still, I just saw there's a uh, liberal church here in town uh, that is still uh, requiring 
uh, face masks. So you're not welcome okay. if you don't have a face mask. But if you um, are sexually depraved, you are welcome. Just <laughs> you just have to have the mask thing going. Anyway, that's another subject. As long as you come in with a rainbow mask, you're okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No, I mean Wisconsin pretty much got over it about the same time uh, Florida did. They oh, okay. were they were not yeah. too far behind them, and yeah. the Supreme Court in Wisconsin just struck it down. Right, and once that happened, it was done. Like we're nobody, gonna, we're not going to let this affect our pike fishing. I'll tell you that right. Yeah, now. Well, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> it's like hey, we've got to get some brats and beers here because we're watching a Packer game coming up soon. So take off the masks and let's get going, eh? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to eat a brat through a mask. <laughs> this is very true. Have you tried? <laughs> well, I mean, it's I do like have this, COVID. So. Yeah, this this also just got very awkward real quick, huh? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Oklahoma was kind of like Florida. We we I don't know. I think I think for like three weeks we were kind of in the spirit, and then everyone kind of gave up. Yeah, and just went on with life. Right. So it really depends, like, on your governor and your local government and and the political persuasion and things like that. So. Most of uh, like us three, uh, you know, we probably have our finger on the pulse, at least slightly on, you know, the the thoughts of our state and things like that. One of the things that we saw with COVID, though, was that all of these um, secular decisions and things began affecting everything, including seeping into the church. And so that's where our particular point yeah. of interest is. Um, it's not necessarily like what your governor was doing or what your neighbor was doing, but what did it look like? Uh, what did COVID look like in the church? So let's talk about some of those bad, uh, bad things that happened uh, over the last two years. Um, one of you, yeah. one of you guys, want to kick us off on that? Yeah, I'll, I'll pick up the first one. We made some lists here, but the I think the most obvious one on anyone who was in the church during COVID. One of the most obvious things was this virtual church and kind of this step, you know, this stopping of meeting in person, right. Or this reluctance to meet in person, this infrequency, however you want to look at it. But mm -hmm. the, the, the stopping of the physical meeting and the beginning and the, the rise of the virtual church. Right. Mm. And I would classify that as unequivocally bad. Yeah, I would agree with you. I, I, I think in the beginning people were doing it, Right, because they had no idea what the heck they were going to do with all this. Um, nobody knew what was going on with it. It was a brand new thing. It hit really quick. And so people just reacted to it, for good or for bad or indifferent. Um, so a lot of slack, I think, could be given right in the beginning phase. But then as as things kind of went on and this whole idea of virtual church kind of dominated some of the more, um, for lack of any better, better way to put it, like that, that evangelical attitude where... You had people that were kind of half in and half out of the door to begin with. And I think that just gave them a perfect opportunity to kind of slip on out and they can sit on uh, the couch with the PJs and not have to really leave the home on a Sunday morning and they could be quote unquote in church. Um, so when I, yeah, right. I, I had a lot of beef with it later in the beginning, mm -hmm. I could, I could sympathize. I was going to say, I was going yeah, yeah. to say, are you comfortable? Are you guys comfortable talking about the decisions, like the process and thinking that your churches went through? Uh, yeah. And all this, because I mean, for us, um, so we're, I mean, I'm the pastor of a, of a relatively small Baptist church in the Pacific Northwest. Um, and so this was something that for us, uh, Grayson kind of hit it was, we didn't know exactly 
what was happening. Like, is this the like is this the new plague? I mean, because remember those those initial projections on the death and the spreadability and everything were like. I mean, they were scary, like scary numbers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, man, this is going to be a a clean sweep here. Uh, And so, I mean, our process of thinking through it in our church was that we did did, uh, suspend in-person meetings uh, for several weeks as things were going on. Now, one, I guess you could say positive, uh, that I would come out saying is before this, we, we had like no... Um, we had like no online presence at all. Like we weren't like we weren't uploading our sermons or anything like that. Um, we quickly switched gears into doing that, and we have maintained that in not doing like live feeds, but still uploading the messages. And that's actually been really beneficial for like our shut-ins and things like that because there are legitimate. I mean, there are, and we talked about this in the last, you know, couple of episodes, that there are legitimate reasons uh, to miss church, uh, and there are, for some folks, situations where, you know, you are incapable of coming to church anymore because you're a shut-in with whatever, you know, whatever thing you might have going on physically or mentally, and so it's been, it's been, a, it's been beneficial to be able to take those sermons and upload them and stuff like that, but still not a replacement for the church. So then, as things started getting crazy for us. Um, as Oregon really tightened down, like we just lost our mask mandate and like, I'm thinking a month ago, month and a half ago. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like the state, <laughs> no, the state mask mandate. And so yeah, the, one of the things yeah. they were saying was like, well, you need to like, you, you still need to do it in the churches and all that stuff. We're like, we're not doing that. And then, you know, no. remember early on, they put the restrictions on numbers, like in meeting and th- meetings and things like that. So what it did for us then, and this is probably like leaking into the positives uh, too quickly, is it really made us reassess, it forced us to reassess the relationship between the state and the church. Yeah, I think that forced, I mean, it forced a hand for everybody on that. Right. And you either landed one way or the other. Right. But I think there was no avoiding that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So eventually, yeah. we kind of just, um, I don't know, I put a lot of like study into it, and then I kind of just let everybody else along on where there are certain things that our state in particular is commanding us to do in territories that they do not have authority. Um, And so then we moved a different direction there, but it is really weird. It is really weird that in the beginning of all of this, um, how many people right off the bat uh, were like, we're not closing down. In fact, we're reinstating the holy kiss. Like we're, you know, we're in this, we're in this full bore. It doesn't matter, you know. And so, I mean, it's it's kind of it's it's crazy how quickly some folks came to that conclusion, and then how some other churches are still paralyzed yeah. with fear, or they're or they're so committed to their political persuasion that they have to keep the masks now. They have yeah. to keep the distancing. You know, that's something that's odd that. Looking back, and I said it was unequivocally bad. I was I was speaking to this because you guys brought up good points. I, I'm thinking holistically, like let's look back at the past two years. Mm-hmm. I think it was generally bad, right? But oh, you yeah. make good points. Like in the beginning, there was all this question, like what's going on? We don't know. And I think there was a general willingness on just about everybody's part to like, okay, let's see what happens over the next few weeks. We don't know what right. we don't know what this is. What's going to happen? Right. right. But looking forward, one of the things that I found fascinating and and 
I, I don't even know. This is more – actually, I would put this in the bad category. I started to say it's more of an observation than anything. But <clears throat> this – how – and I, I – how political – I'm trying to think of the right phrasing. How the COVID situation really highlighted and drove a wedge in the political makeups of the church. Yes. Yeah. 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 Like, like, whereas before there might have been people who had – you know, differing political views that coexisted to some extent, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. In the same body. And somehow COVID through questions of that church and church and state through fear, um, fear mm-hmm. through, yeah, all, all these things, it, it, it just drove people into political corners. Yeah. Unlike yeah. anything, anything I've seen in my right, life. Right. Um, well, and we all know, have, so we have mutual friends uh, who had a literal church split because of this yeah. uh, because of the because of the mass stuff like their church literally ruptured now whether that was a spark that you know set off the powder keg is another you know it's another issue but yeah it, it was a very polarizing issue and then especially when the element of like when spacing and masking and limitations of crowd when you bring in the element of this is the morally virtuous thing to do and if you don't do this, you hate people, you know, or you're trying to <laughs> yeah. kill, you're trying to kill the you're elders. You're trying to kill everybody. Yeah, right, right. And so when you bring in like those combinations of things, it gets crazy. I, I think, I was going to say, I think yeah. you hit the nail on the head when you said it revealed a lot of what was already there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. That's how I kind of look at this whole thing is people had their positions beforehand, Mm -hmm. but this just kind of forced a revelation of what that was. And so the leadership and for, I mean, many people within the church, they already kind of landed on these issues, but as soon as all this stuff hit and I mean, I'm talking, you know, a month or two after the fact, again, you had some outliers either way in the beginning that were Mm -hmm. immediately lock and step with either doing nothing at all or doing everything. Right. Um, But, for the vast majority of people, they had to kind of slowly trickle it out. And um, right. I'm trying to be gracious in how I say this, because I don't want to just be tongue in cheek with it all. But we had a lot of people come into our church because this revealed where their church was at. Right. Right. right, right. So between this, between all the riots, between um, some of the other social issues creeping up with BLM and CRT and all that kind of stuff. It was a very eye-opening thing for them. And they're like, well, crud, we've been here for 10 plus years. Right. And all of a sudden this stuff's coming out. But then they started to realize that, no, this stuff's been there. It's just mm-hmm. this is now the opportunity for it to come out. Right. Yeah. You know, that, that was largely my experience to a point. You know, I, I don't know how personal I want to get just because yeah. – but, we want names, I, dates, I, and numbers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but that I experienced that. Like I was kind of on that on that side. And you know, we're talking about to kind of take it back to the first bullet point here. All those things did right when you when you sum all that up, it created this giant problem of isolation. Yeah. Right. And yeah. Like where the body wasn't meeting, and then even within the body, the bodies bodies of many churches were fracturing, and it just isolated people. Right. Spiritually, politically, right. you know, physically, emotionally, like all these things. I know for a fact, now being on the back end of it and having talked, the 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 pastor of the church that I was at really struggled with depression through mm-hmm. like a severe depression throughout COVID, mm-hmm. and and I didn't know, right? And I wish I had, 
Um, cause he's, he's still a friend of mine, but it, I, I think there are a lot of people who wrestled with that. Right. Right. And, right. and how, and it's just so hard because how much of that was self-inflicted. Yes. You know, and it's tough. So I don't know the, the virtual church thing, you know, I guess, I guess you could say there's an argument for brief instances. Yeah. You know, I, me being sick with COVID, I didn't, didn't go to church. Right. You know, so it was useful to hear the sermon. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But, but Grayson hit it too, though, that for some yeah. folks, that for some folks, it was, it was just the, uh, just the breaking opportunity that they yeah. needed. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was yeah. just like doors they just kind of quietly fade out. Doors open, go, <laughs> go. You know, and then even when you bring oh, yeah. services back, a lot of you know, a lot of folks, um, not necessarily in our congregation, but um, from pastor friends and stuff that I have, was there was a whole lot of oh, well, we're still just being safe. But, you know, as you bump into them in Walmart, you know, yeah, uh, we're yeah. just yeah, you know, we're still. We're still wanting to be careful and and all that, and so not only did it, does it cause this this body isolation, where now you have a group of people who are purposely made for community, fractured, okay, with fear and political, uh, you know, whether legitimate or illegitimate on the fear aspect, and again, things were revealed as time went on, but then you also have this change of like within pastoral ministry. Now, I would say that as a pastor, never has my visitation been seen as hostile or dangerous. Hmm. But during COVID, when you go to visit somebody or check in on somebody, what's the response? You know, for a lot of folks, it was, oh, just, you know, stay out there on the, you know, stay out there on the porch, you know. Uh, why, like, why are you out running around? You know, <laughs> why, why are you, why are you here? Uh, no, you know, and so like, there was like, even like this fear of like, you know, don't like, I'm not gathering at the church, but also don't contact me. Like, don't, mm-hmm. you know, don't, and it wasn't, it wasn't, I mean, not everybody was like that, but it just, it heightened that even, uh, regular, you know, if, if a guy had a regular practice of door knocking and inviting people to church, I mean, that's, that's interrupted because, now, when you knock on someone's door, a stranger's door, you're not just seen as an annoyance. Now you're seen as something that's potentially dangerous. And so that was really weird. Like, that was a really weird aspect of it. Yeah. Hey, l- l- let me ask you all a question because I've been curious about this. Yeah. When you guys came back to meeting, right? And let- let's say it's six months past the shutdown, right? Mm-hmm. People are starting to come back, come back. Churches are meeting a little bit, kind of that following summer. Did people shake hands? Like, did you have that? Was it was there this awkward of we don't know how to greet people right now? Did you guys experience that at all? In in our church, no. I mean, well, to be truthful, people were already meeting in the parking lot, like within the first month and giving hugs and stuff. Like a bunch of hoodlums. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. like, "Come here, I'm going to pass you my communicable disease." Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but in Let's all, hug. In all and how do you feel about the common cup? <laughs> when uh, when people came back, it was it was actually a really sweet moment. Um, I remember because we we shut down initially, and then uh, we we didn't go back to normal services right away because um, my buddy Matt Miller, who's got a church plant up in Oak Creek, um, they hadn't been. They were meeting at a movie theater, and so they were beholden to the movie theater, and they couldn't even mm, gather yeah, once yeah. everything re- was you know the restrictions were lifted. Yeah. So to kind of be in solidarity with them, we didn't have full services even still. Like we were there. 
and we were doing kind of a more informal teaching aspect of it. But we didn't want to convey the sense that it was like, hey, you know, things are back to normal for us, but for you guys, good luck. Right? I mean, that's that would be kind of shady. But with the people coming back that first Sunday, I, I don't mean, know. I would, were, yeah, I would push back people on were, that. I would push back well, on that. You're yeah. welcome to, but, you know, that's hindsight at this point. And now I push. Okay, continue. <laughs> um, <laughs> when people came that first Sunday, though, people were crying. There was hugs. Yeah. Everybody was shaking yeah. hands. I mean, it was a really sweet, sweet time. Right. I, I still remember it to this day. It'll. It's one of those uh, – <laughs> it's a core memory, so to speak, right? Yeah. You, yeah, you, interesting. Yeah. Okay. You touched something interesting too, Grace, because there's, there was a few places in town who, I mean, for years, it's not like a church plant issue, but for years have met like in school gymnasiums, theaters, you know, things like you were talking about. And it was eye opening for a lot of those guys that you are shackled by the building that you're meeting in. And yeah. so for a lot of folks that were like meeting in the schools and stuff, I mean, they even if they wanted to have uh, a service in the building, they couldn't do it. And so it was having to do it, you know, like you said, outside or somewhere else, you know, yeah. the Walmart parking lot or something. Yeah, yeah. for for him, it, it really pushed them forward on just getting and securing a building so right. they wouldn't be beholden to anybody anymore. Right. And so yeah. the, the Lord was super kind during that time, too, because they, they inevitably got a building. Mm-hmm. But it was an interesting period. Right, right. It, it definitely was. Yeah, and that, that, that kind of brings up the – in fact, I wrote an article on this back in 2020, but this idea of idol and, you know, just the contrast, and we've talked a little bit about, about that. But for some Christians and some people, not even Christians, but this idol that we created in America of safety. Yeah. Like this this desire to be safe and secure, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that drove so much of it, this fear this this fear and this that every everything the most important thing in my life is to be safe yeah right and there was this there was this point in time when i think we just didn't know right but it didn't take long like you, you know i think by by the summer of 2020 um before the delta kind of around the delta thing we 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 began to understand it a little bit better right, right. at least more and again this is an interesting discussion because i'm speaking from oklahoma right and i think I think there may be some just geographical differences here, but sure. I, I think we began to understand it. People began to open up, right? But but there was certainly a huge, and there still is, like you've mentioned, there are people just recently they dropped mask mandates, right, right. where you're at. But right. this idea of an idol of safety, and I mean, we had, we if you think back about it, we had crazy things. Remember the, um, well, I mean, I guess we still have supply issues with with stuff, but grocery shelves being empty, the rating of toilet paper, like people hoarding all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah, just bizarre. Like this, right. this, that that's going to be your security. And, and I, I look at, you know, I still think back about that and the verse that sticks out to me. And I, and this is, again, I, I wrote on this a little bit, but it, I, in fact, I went back and read it today, kind of thinking about this, but it did stick out to me again. Is this the way Jesus commands us? And the, you know, the prayer, right? The, the, the Lord's Prayer, give us this day our daily bread. Mm-hmm. And you think back of Israel wandering in Israel, uh, sorry, wandering in the wilderness yeah. and yeah. God's daily provision of manna. And mm-hmm. this is the mentality, like we are to look to God for daily provision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Day to day. Like he, he is our source of provision and our, right. our security doesn't come in stocked pantries. It doesn't come in 401ks. It doesn't come, 
even in, in health and vaccines and medicine, our security right. and our hope comes in the person and blood, right. washing blood of Jesus Christ. Right. And, uh, and, and I think large, it's good and bad, right? This kind of goes into the good and the bad. There was, when you look at that dividing that happened, there were people that got it and people that didn't. Yeah. And it was this, there was this further, just that yeah. separation. I right? think though, so like, I think it's, I think it's a little more complicated personally. Because you do, like, you run in this, like, we know, like, everything you just said is absolutely true. Like, you, our hope is in Christ, and if, you know, we die tomorrow, like, our only hope is in Him, and our security is in Him, and all this stuff. But then there's also this reasonable, uh, there's striking the balance between what is reasonable risk and what is an appropriate preparation. Um, because, I mean, we're also not, like, we're not crazy on the other side to say like, well, nothing matters and we don't take any safety precautions and oh, we yeah. don't do yeah, any, of, like, saying, right, right. And I know you're, and I know you're not saying I, that, yeah. but like one of the things is like with this COVID thing, for example, how differently it affected different people. Like, I mean, we have people like we know people and, and maybe there's people even listening who like literally lost a family member uh, from complications of COVID stuff. And so they would be listening to us saying like, well, there's this idol of safety where in their minds, it's like, well, this is a very real, like I actually lost somebody. I lost a spouse. I lost a child. I lost, you know, whatever. And so trying to strike that again, trying to strike that balance of like, what is reasonable? What is, what are like, what's our reasonable obedience to the government? What's our obedience to God? What things should we be doing to protect ourselves and how do you know when you've gone too far like how do you know when now your safety is an idol and i guess the only answer that i can think of that is when it butts up against what god has commanded so if you're Absolutely. yeah so if you're saying i'm not going to obey god because i want to be safe that's that's now where you yeah. you've hit the the idol thing yeah We'll yeah, and you, and you bring up a good point. I didn't mean to overstate what I was saying. Th yeah. There is a reasonable response, and there are certainly people. Um, I, I I know people who personally that uh, that that lost their life or lost a father because of COVID, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And you, you, it's just very bizarre how it impacted some people. Yeah, so there, right. there is a quote unquote reasonable response, but I, I think your your point's a good one. Like if you boil it down, are we are we taking safety to the point where we're being disobedient to God's word right. at that point, it becomes a big problem. Right, and we're not saying don't wash your hands. Right, right. <laughs> and I and I, you know, when to, to be tr completely transparent, when COVID happened, like when we went to the store, we bought like a couple things of bread instead of one. Like it wasn't we weren't buying we weren't buying bushels and bushels of. We had to paper. buy extra. We had to buy <laughs> extra bread because there was no toilet paper. But I mean, we just you know we. We bought a little extra just in case it wasn't going to be there next week, right? <laughs> anyway. Um, you got me on that one. I'm sorry. Uh, I was thinking, though, um, we, we are masters at self-deception. And that's where my line of thinking went with this whole thing. I mean, obviously, there's there's reasonable means by which we ought to protect ourselves and to sustain our families and to yeah. I mean, basic principles of wisdom. But mm -hmm. I also question how much we wrap up under the guise of wisdom that truly is sin. Hmm. Right. I In mean, like what regard? Well, 
we can hedge our bets so successfully that there's never a point in which we actually are pressed to trust Christ. Um, we can do it with finances. We can do it with all sorts of different things. But I think in our culture, especially things that are touching on comfort and security or safety mm -hmm. are paramount to that. And one of the ways that, I mean, it's an easy go-to one, but um, Jack, when you're listing off things like your 401k or even when we're looking at trusting in just the various medical things that we have today, they're all great. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying they're bad or sinful in and of themselves, but we can be fooled or lulled in tempted into trusting in these things as have in some sense, um, God's sovereignty is somehow not on display in the midst of all those things. And right. that's, that's where I think I, I took a lot of beef with it is that I have no problems with people saying, look, I want to wash my hands more, or I want to wear a mask and I want to do this and that. It's like, you know what? Knock yourself out. Right. Um, I have no issues with that. Yeah. And if you want to make decisions that you feel are the best for you and your family, again, yeah. go for it. But, but that's where we ran I, into personal liberties versus yeah. uh, being then pressed, like personal decisions then being enforced um, on on other folks. That's probably why, uh, you know, for Christians, the vindicate contra tyrannos shot up in sales, you know? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, as people are um, trying to sort all that out. But I also look at it in the broader sense too. It, it's like, so it's more than just the church gathering. It's, you know, things like evangelism. I remember watching people fawn and I mean, literally fawn over people in Wuhan when it first broke out, they're in, um, quarantine suits going out and still giving the gospel to people that are contracting the coronavirus. And then as soon as it hit here, what did Christians do? Right. Yeah. I mean, they, they did everything in their power to just clam up to themselves. And yeah. again, I, I don't want to be so harsh and, and that, but it, it was an ironic thing for, for me to just kind of observe. We like the idea of yeah. others doing it, but yes. when it comes time yep. for, you know, yeah. We love guys. We love the stories of the martyrs, yeah. but we would never go to the island ourselves and get our heads chopped off in Papua New Guinea or something like that. As soon as this is over, I'm ordering a hazmat suit. If you rent more than <laughs> twice a year, it only makes sense to buy. But I, I think so much of it is just we live in a culture that uh, propagates all that. Yeah. And so we're, yeah. we're, inundated, we're inundated with it. Right. Yeah. It, it, it is a tough balance, though, to, to Blake's point. But, yeah, I mean, I agree with both of you. I really do. I, I completely agree with everything each one of you said. It's, it's, it will be really interesting how the church looks at this 10, 20 years from now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? When, when, when the church has – this is – because we're going to continue to see these social issues, political issues, these things continue to divide the church and – I think generally you're going to see this backing into conservative biblical Christianity and then whatever else is happening on the other side, right. <laughs> whatever that is, right. that's going to be its own thing. Right. If it even exists at that point, yeah. but whatever, whatever that core is, it'll be really interesting to see what, yeah. how we look back and one of the, and look at that. One of the things so. that we really tried to do with our people, like right off the starting bat, and I think this is something that we did correctly was that we just addressed our congregation and said, you will talk to people who go to different churches whose pastors come to different conclusions than what we are doing. And we have to 
give the benefit of grace, this was, you know, my thought, that we have to give the benefit of grace that each pastor cares for their congregation and they're going to do what they think is best for their congregation. Now, whether we agree with that decision or not is not going to be any of our business. There, there was, there was so much of um, guys really like throwing rocks at other churches for like coming to different conclusions, even on like minor things. And I think that just made the, it made the whole, it made the whole, um, the whole thing all the more volatile uh, as people are, you know, again, yeah, kind of blasting, blasting other churches, blasting other pastors, uh, as as masks and vaccinations become now the, you know, it's it's no longer faith, hope, and love as the Christian virtues. It's you know, masks, hand sanitizer, and vaccines. <laughs> you know. <laughs> And so you you know you so, get yeah. In, yeah you get into some of that stuff and uh, so we just told our people like we are not we are not going to split over this like we're not going to yeah like this yeah. is not this is not going to be the main thing this is not going to be our main point of conversation we're going to keep preaching the gospel and loving each other and uh, some really positive things then came out of that as well um, our yeah let's let's shift that's a good yeah. good segue let's talk about some of the good things yeah. here in the final final few minutes yeah. So our people, like a lot of people struggled financially, churches that we know of. I know, again, we have mutual friends uh, that, you know, churches started struggling. Our people actually gave more. I don't know how they did it, but when we got our, you know, end of the year reports, like we were way up. And and the Lord has always really blessed us that way. You get your Trump bucks and your Biden bucks. So, I mean, we were one of those people who were like, I didn't want it. And I didn't know what to do with it. And so, so I part of it went it. to paying off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I bought myself an AR-15. Um, are you, mo- are you mocking me, Grayson? I was going to say. <laughs> no, I actually, I, I actually did. Right. Um, but, I mean, part of it went to uh, just yeah. knocking out whatever we had left on the van. But yeah, then part yeah. of it went to the church, too. Right. It's like right. we didn't have that before, so right. why not? Right. We had folks, we literally had folks uh, in our church say, like, we have all this money that we don't need that's coming to us in the mail. Uh, and they gave all of it to like some of like the single moms and stuff in our church. Hmm. It was, yeah, wi- see, it was wild. Incredible. Yeah. It was wild. That's awesome. You know, and you're not talking 50 I, bucks, you know, you're talking thousands of dollars, you know? So yeah. it was really, yep. it was really cool. Like that was a major positive the whole way through. Uh, there was this zealous concern within our congregation uh, for the care of other people. And so that was really, mm, that was wonderful. really wonderful to see. Yep, that is. That's 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 amazing. Yeah, I think we yeah. saw much the same with ours, where people were. Some people I know did that. Um, we had others that were just more prone to, you know, whether they were writing letters or like there was a yeast shortage. So like one of the things that uh, one person <laughs> wait, did was wait, just a, drop off a pack. yeast shortage. Yeah. So do you remember the the big thing in the pandemic was people were baking bread. No, because right? they couldn't get well at some places. You couldn't get loves of bread. Well, we so were baking our own toilet baking paper. Bread. So. That's because <laughs> I bought two loaves. <laughs> get, yeah. get, get Jacks over here buying up all the loaves of bread. So. He was. Right? <laughs> it's because he ran out of toilet paper. <laughs> so, anyways, people were baking bread. Oh and yeah, they made okay, yeast, yeah. and right, then yeast right. ran out, of course, because right. like everything else. Right, because like, uh, so some people were buying it up and handing it out just. For I mean, kicks and giggles, I guess. But so you could just keep on doing 
doing it. It was a small thing that shows some yeah, care. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's awesome. Yeah, that really is. Yeah, no, a thing I I noted here, and we touched on it a little bit. Um, a good that I think is coming out of it, and again, we've kind of made the point, but I'll just state it formally: is this cleansing of the church, right? Like the separation of chaff and wheat. I I think you're seeing that. It's getting intense. Yep. In like here. it. It's an ugly thing, yeah. but it's a necessary thing. Yeah. And, you know, I'm a Presbyterian. We talked about this in the past few episodes, like our definition of the church. But for me, when I look back at, quote unquote, church history, I see this pattern of. Why is it quote unquote, Jack? Because <laughs> history is not know, real. Church people. history in heavy quotes. <laughs> church history is as fake as the moon landing. I don't know church why. Church history <laughs> as you've been Actually. told. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, this is the real church history. Get ready. <laughs> yeah, nice shrine um, calvinist. Ever seen ancient aliens? <laughs> <laughs> um, but but I mean, back to like blame it on Constantine. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's where all the problems started. It all went downhill from there. Yeah, I don't know why I said quote unquote. I'll blame it on COVID. That's okay. Um, we sufficiently mocked you. <laughs> yeah, I deserve you. That. May conti- you may continue, Jeff. <laughs> But throughout now I'm struggling to recover here. You guys threw me off. So throughout throughout the history of the church and the history of God's people, God has regularly cleansed and yeah, purified. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. And and that's the point, right? From Cain and Abel um to Ananias, Sapphira, to the Reformation, and you could you could if you sat here and talked about it, you could probably come up with do you feel kind of, different Do you examples. feel kind of embarrassed that this was the cleansing? Because you look in the that COVID cause, <laughs> yeah. I mean, because you look at it. I mean, honestly, you look at like heavy, you know, I like I actually don't think you look at like heavy church persecution, for example, like historically, where like your life is on the line for meeting. Like you don't know if soldiers are going to break in, if you know covenanters are going to be knocking your door down, whatever. And uh, <laughs> thank you, Grayson. Uh, the whole and so you don't know, Just like coming to rebaptize. Yeah, you. yeah. <laughs> you don't know, yeah, if you're going to have your third baptism or what. And so the problem is, is like you have this whole thing happening historically where people are like laying in lines. And for us, it was COVID. Yeah. Like not fully, yeah, like, not fully. I mean, I'm not saying that COVID had the exact one for one impact that like real persecution would have, but it's embarrassing how many folks fell off. With I mean, no yes. interest, with no interest to return with something like this, you know. I think it's, it's exactly what Grayson said earlier. I don't remember his exact phrasing, but it, all COVID did was open up these was things already that were already there. Yeah. Like yeah. these idols of comfort and safety right. that America, in America, we've got a big problem with that just in general, yes. right? Yes. This, this need for security and safety and, mm-hmm. and whatever, right? It opened up that and that shattered. It had, um, you know, so, social issues, uh, people who have been putting their hope in, mm. in, in things other than the gospel. So this obsession over social gospel issues that right. have been lingering and floating around for a decade, two decades. Mm. Right. Right. All of these things already existed and all COVID did. And Trump, I mean, you could just politically say Trump too, because Trump fueled that fire a little bit more. So from 2016 to 2020, regardless of where you're at on that, it just angered people. So you just yeah. have this rising tension. Are you, you highlighting have... mean tweets? <laughs> All I'm the mean sorry. tweets. I'm sorry. Keep going. <laughs> sorry. 
So uh, all this tension just anyway, it. Yeah, all, all, all that did, all this stuff was already there. Yeah. And all COVID did was pull the blanket off. Right. right. Yeah. And everyone went after right. it. Right. Backed into their corners. And, but Blake, your point's not, not lost on me. It is, it is a little ridiculous that it, that's what it was. Right. That really, you know, broke the church apart in America. Mm. Um, what well, didn't break the church? To, it, 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 what it did was it. It was that wheat and chaff issue. Yeah, that, that's know? what yeah. I mean. Yeah, like it yeah. broke it, broke it in half, quote right. unquote. Right. I think um, it revealed how wonderfully fragile the state of evangelicalism really was. Though. Yeah, though that's a fact. That's a yeah. fact. Yeah. We fancy ourselves intelligent and strong, don't we? Yes, we do. Yep. Yeah. But it just—it's a. At the end of the day, I mean, it just. You either it forced people, and I think it boils down to this: it forced people to you had to ask, "Do I believe the gospel is sufficient in all these things, right. or do I not?" Right. Yeah. What did What did COVID do for the family? I absolutely loved it. Yeah. I thought it was probably one of the most amazing times I've had. So yeah, I was working at the school district still, and not much changed for us. Like my wife was homeschooling the kids, but I got to work from home at that point, and. I was working out every day, so that was a bonus too. <laughs> um, but it was a sweet time where I got to see them just be instructed by my wife, who was being incredibly faithful. And I got to spend all of that eight hours with my kids each day rather than having to go into the office. And that lasted only for a couple months for me. I was back in by, I think, June, mm. May or June. So it was pretty quick, but it was a sweet, sweet time for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's sad that um, one of the things I mean I, I just know from several, you know, throughout the U.S. both both uh, with saints and uh, the secular alike is it's sad that some people in quarantine, like some of them, like really grew, like the family units grew. So that's not the sad part. Yeah, you know, the family units grew became faithful in things like family worship and um, togetherness and, and things like that. But then you have on the other side of the coin, like a whole group of people that realize they hate their kids. Yeah. And that like, they can't like, they can't be around them. Like the kids got to be out or the parents got to be at work and just the, the time spent around their own children or their own spouse, uh, you know, statistically one of the most horrifying things was this huge increase in like, abuse and alcoholism and drug use uh -huh. and all of these different things that people are using uh, to cope that then automatically by virtue of doing those things, it impacts the family in a negative way. And I, I suppose you could say that again, that's shining the light on things that were already there, but it's horribly depressing yep. uh, to think about that, that, that so many of us, I would say it was positive for us and Grayson. I know you just said that. And I think Jack, you would said the same thing, but then there's like this whole other group that it was not, that it was not a positive and that's heart, that's yeah. heartbreaking. Well, think of all those videos that come around each year that school goes back in session where you have the mom who's just a wino, right? <laughs> she grabs her big bottle of wine and she's like, Oh, the kids are back in school. Yeah. Mom's back in session. Man. And I just, I hate that. You are a hug and a kiss um, from being a teetotaler, Grayson. You're on oh, your way. Yeah. <laughs> Join me on the dark side. <laughs> That's a pretty good impression, though, Grayson. Yeah, that I is. I don't know if it is. I mean, no, it really is, though. You did wonderfully. 
Yeah. In fact, I think you look mighty familiar in one of those videos. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> it's because I go to Target a lot with my wine. Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what that's all I picture for these for these right. women. It's like you know, right? But that's a larger societal issue, and I hope we can do a podcast really because we focused in on like the church. But I really would love us to do one that's focusing in on the family and the role of family and the role of parents and husband and wife and children and things like that. Cause yeah. we've just lost it. I mean, we've lost, like we're just so many Americans specifically are just cogs in the machine of <sighs> capitalism. I don't know. Maybe capitalism is not the, the, the full no, enemy, I think the full enemy of it. Uh, but just, I think so much of it goes down to, well, it's like you end you have no fault divorce, so everything is consequence free sex. But then you have to figure out how to deal with the real ramifications of sex, which is that babies come from it. Yeah. Uh, so then you've got Ro- Roe v. Wade, and Actually, everything just continues to spiral out of control. So that, that was an incredible right? positive that that uh, COVID really damaged yeah. hookup culture. Yes, it did. And I was like, it, it also like, probably keep being afraid. I don't care. You know. I, I think it also, I mean, that was a good revelation, too, for how many people that were terrified to open their church or they'd go to a rally or they, you know, Planned Parenthood stayed open, mm-hmm. right? And so it's like that that startling hypocrisy that was just... Oh, um, yeah, yeah, that's true. That's that true. was crazy. Right. Yeah. But there would have been, but, but there would have been a reduced number of hookups and abortions during that time period. Statistically, mm-hmm. there was a reduced number. And then now... We look forward to you know all the little babies that were born because of yeah because of parents being locked up together. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's an interesting thing. There's a, a phenomena every time you have like a power outage or something like that yeah. in a major metropolitan area. Right. There's always a boom in births nine months later. Yeah. I mean, like that's a massive. That happened of when Boston won the World Series. There was. I'm serious. There was a gigantic boom of babies in Boston nine months afterwards. Weird. <laughs> because yeah. people were celebrating, or because people were like depressed and like just went to no, bed. No, because they won. Because Boston like, won the World Series. Jack. So they're oh, so. I thought Jack. What? Are you, what? Sorry. <laughs> Be- they were it's having babies because they were depressed. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, they won, and like everyone's like, ah, oh, I'm going to bed. Like, oh no, I don't. I don't know. No. Yeah. Well, technically, they wouldn't have gone to sleep at that point. I don't know if your parents have had that conversation with you, yet, Jack. <laughs> Jack already told us he has five kids. So, yeah, man, yeah. you guys, you guys are like after the COVID guy tonight. I'm sorry. It just seems like it. We're just, Jack. yeah. Oh man, you're the Presbyterian. So, You're in a weakened state. This is our opportunity. <laughs> we just gotta right? just go for the jugular. Get him, boys. Get him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm coming back next time with, yeah. with yeah. some some Baptist jokes. Okay, so get ready. Gonna get some zingers in there. Yeah, I'm gonna get some zingers in there. So there was that whole right, family well, things, issue. Yeah, yeah. So well, a couple other things I wanted to touch on because we're just about out of time. But um, Grayson, I think you brought up this one in the list of just you know the good. But um, you mentioned, and I thought it was a, a great point that it reinf- reinforced the deep love for the church and the and the gathering of believers, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And that's that's a that's a, a good succinct statement, but. You know, when when we when so many of us didn't have church and we were forced to have a virtual church, we were forced to be to not see people in person like we normally did. It it really um, just reminded us how wonderful and what a blessing it is that, generally speaking, we get to 
we have the privilege to meet and worship God together. Right. Like what a what a beautiful thing. Right. That Amen. we we take for granted sometimes. Yep. So. Yep. Yep. Yeah. The people that came back were really happy they came back. That was yes. that was the yeah. that was the thing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, the other thing I was thinking about throughout it too, um, I think this is like the final one we have here, but sympathy for the persecuted church. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, Blake, you touched on it pretty on the head earlier where it's like this is almost an embarrassment in that sense where you have people that are literally killed for their faith in various countries. But my hope is that at the very least, if people were going through this, that they would start to at least sympathize with people that are going through much more difficult circumstances than they are. So you think of communist China, or you think of these guys that are in Darfur or various places in Africa that are, I mean, literally getting limbs cut off just by, for, or just for going to church. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like the the minor inconvenience we suffered of having to stay home pales mm-hmm. in comparison. I mean, yeah. it sucked. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, um, but nobody had a gun to our heads during that time. And yeah. I kept thinking of that throughout the whole thing. It's like yeah. this yeah. this is not enjoyable. Yeah. Um, and in 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 particular, again, we're saying in light of things that are happening at the church, like we recognize people, you know, became financially devastated and and things like that, yes. and and health wise yep. and all that. But in the the church specifically, um, yeah, we didn't have we weren't we didn't have guns in our head being you know persecuted for being Christians at the time. Yeah. During this, it was yeah. something other. On the flip side of it, though, I mean, it also, uh, I, I keep going back and forth. Um, there, there was that aspect of what I think was legit, in some sense, persecution. So look at the guys that were in Canada, like James Coates yeah, and some of those that's guys. that's true. That's true. Um, even some people stateside who were just getting slammed with fines. I think MacArthur was one of them, but you had some others that were in California that got slammed. Right. And yeah, well, there thankfully, was, they were, there were certain, vindicated. Yeah, there were certain governmental you know officials who were trying to make an example of yes they were of churches i mean like guys like us or like me i would say in particular like we would fly under the radar people would be like what yeah they're yep. what? what are they meeting i don't know so you know and there's no there's not a lot of money to be won off of us <laughs> you know not like yeah. not like macarthur <laughs> so. but i think it uh that was a good thing too because it it forced i don't know if you guys had talks about it um as far as Blake, you you and your like elder team, yeah. but one of the things that we thought or talked through was just okay. Um, this is where we're at today. Like obviously, it's not overt persecution like you would classify in hard to reach nations, but it is something that is concerning. Right. And so, how do you look at it in a sense of um, if that day comes, and you know perhaps when that comes, mm-hmm. um, what cues do you take, and how do you navigate that with much wisdom? Right. Hmm. I think, yeah. but I think that has been a, that was a benefit though. Like I would say that that was a positive. Yes. Yep. Was again, it forced us to really sit down before any kind of big wave of persecution to sit down and really assess where what what is the realm of governing authority with the government, and what is the realm of authority with the church. And frankly, for us, it helped us lay down some. COVID helped us lay down some foundations that will be beneficial when persecution hits, which I believe it will. It's just an inevitable, uh, you know, it's an inevitable thing. It's coming. And uh, so in a way, this was kind of, um, on on that front, it was kind of dipping your toes in the water uh, 
and getting a little taste of exactly how wild the government is willing to be oh, uh, when it comes yep. to when it comes to you know these kinds of things so yeah you know if I, it does come what a grace of god and just that right yeah just make sure you have your uh, martyr song picked out that you sing while you're being martyred you know that's the stuff i think about when i'm laying awake at night i thought the holy spirit would give that to us i'm just preparing in case call it lack of faith <laughs> but is this that risk responsibility yes thing exactly you <laughs> jack you telling me you, like haven't, you haven't picked your martyr song out yet <laughs> <laughs> just to give you an idea of where my mind goes, it's like you're you're standing in line for the gulag, and all all of a sudden somebody in the background is talking about a sloppy wet kiss, and you're like, oh, yeah, not here. Yeah, they take Jack up to the gallows, <laughs> and he starts singing Carmen. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's singing Veggie Tales. As Satan bite the dust. That's my song. If you like to waltz with. No. Wow, this got off the rails <laughs> at the end here. That wasn't really. <laughs> <laughs> how do we? How can we always well, have a we need to cut this out section? I don't know. Yeah, um, but that was our. I think we'll this play with that, that was our last point. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's the last yeah. point. I, I do want to say I would love to do an episode on church and state. Yes, and, and I think I'll, it would I'll be good. You, I I find that subject genuinely fascinating, and I and largely I think I would agree with with you, Blake. But I think I could learn a lot too. And, um, I, I'm fascinated by it. Like I've, I, the, in the top, I'll add this too. The topic has fascinated me for like 20, 30 years yeah. because I, and, and I, I would love to learn from both of you guys on this. I think it'd be a really interesting discussion, just beneficial for me in general, being fully candid. Um, because it, I, I, you, I, we all agree and we've all said independently that persecution is coming. Like, and I think having really good understanding of where these lines are. Yeah. And then what your response to the lines are too, and what you yeah, yeah exactly, yeah. And what's the proper response? I, th- I I think it'd be a really valuable discussion, personally for me, and probably for the one other person who listens to this. Yep. Maybe. Yeah. All right. <laughs> order up your Junius. Mom. Order up your Junius and yeah, Brutus. Thanks, mom. Yeah. I like how you and I both Jack are like mom. <laughs> thanks, mom. <laughs> that was a good joke, Blake. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> You're, yeah, sorry. we covered it with our commiseration. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Both like I love him, my mom, mama. Oh, Blake's just. All right. Well, any anything else before we close this out? Any other final no. thoughts on the church and COVID? Like anything in life, anything that is brought our way, it's meant for our good and for God's glory. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Everything. No. Yep everything so all right well on that one until next time thanks for thanks for tuning in this is a chorus in the chaos 